Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to episode 18. Today's focus, how to be a man. Strategies for beginners, phase two, part two. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, a Catholic relationship podcast giving you Winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. This is episode 18. Bam! Our first segment, as it always is, is the quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, sex is one of the means God has inst- has instituted for the enrichment of personality. It is a basic principle of philosophy that there is nothing in the mind which was not previously in the senses. All our knowledge comes from the body. We have a body. St. Thomas tells us because of the weakness of our intellect. End quote. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, Three, to get married. Please remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today. Our next segment, Catholic Alpha's Radical Rant of the Day. The cowardice of men, the top 21 reasons men have caused the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church and why we're not going to take it anymore. Before I start, again, this will be a 21-episode series, one per show. Also understand that the infiltration by the Catholic Church with homosexuality and radical feminism, plus the watering down of the faith and the stripping away of the Latin Mass was planned in order to, one, destroy the morality of those within the church, priest and laity, And this is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. So why was this done? 
to destroy the American family, to destroy our morality, and to destroy our patriotism in order that we become susceptible to communism and its ideas. Now, if you want more on this, please refer back to episode number two. Also, many people want to bash or worse yet, leave the Catholic faith because of the current scandal, which I tell you is not going anywhere. That is pure ignorance. That's exactly what the evil one wants them to do. Also, we as Christians must understand that there are many Judases among us. Are you going to abandon Christ too? We must fight within the church. This is how Christ demands it because this is the church he created. You can't change the church outside the church. So let's get started with number 18 of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church. Boy, we're getting down there. Only a few left. But first, let's review the first 17. Number one was refusal to accept our role as men. Number two, we allowed the men of the Catholic Church, popes, cardinals, bishops, priests, deacons to water down and dilute the teachings of the Catholic faith, the Christian faith, God's word. Number three was men didn't fight for Christ during Vatican II. We let those men just pass whatever they want, completely change the dogma doctrine of the church and not just really change the dogma dogma. They really change the essence of God's word. And now what do we have? Let's don't even go into that. It's a whole another five or six podcast. Number five, they have nothing they are willing to die for. Number six, men have begun raising soft and selfish boys, a.k.a. wusses. Number seven, men don't understand our mission and purpose as men, which is to protect, defend and serve God, marriage, wife, children, society at large. Number eight. We didn't crush feminism. Number nine, men didn't crush the Protestant revolt. Number 10, men didn't crush contraception, a.k.a. birth control. Number 11, men didn't crush abortion. Number 12, men didn't crush so-called same-sex marriage. Number 13, men didn't crush no-fault divorce. Number 14, men didn't crush ecumenism. Number 15, men have stopped praying. Number 16, men have stopped passing on the Catholic faith to their children. Number 17, men have stopped being obedient to God, which means they want to be their own God. Now, before each number, I will read a quote directly from the document containing Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano's testimony so that you can understand the gravity of this situation. And like I said, so it, it we don't allow it to just move on like it's nothing going on, like it was just, you know, didn't mean anything. And why? And we want you to move to destroy and speak out against this travesty in your environment, which is what? Your church, your marriage, your family, your work, and society at large. Now look, I know at times work is 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 a hard it's a hard animal. But if if somebody brings it up and is talking to you about it, you have every right to go ahead and explain 
and then move on. Don't sit there and have a 10, 15, 20, 30 minute um, conversation at work. And then, you know, the person gets mad or, you know, if you see the person getting upset, move on, you know, but we must begin to know the truth, understand the truth and to preach the truth. I'll also place a link to the full document in the show notes. Quote, Archbishop Vigano on the abuses of Cardinal McCarrick. Quote, during the speech he gave when he took possession of the Chicago Sea, at which I was present as a representative of the Pope, Supich quipped that one certainly should not expect the new archbishop to walk on water. Perhaps it would be enough for him to be able to remain with his feet on the ground and not try to turn reality upside down. Blinded by his pro-gay ideology, as he stated in a recent interview with America magazine, extolling his particular expertise in the matter, having been president of the Committee on Protection of Children and Young People of the USCCB. He asserted that the main problem in the crisis of sexual abuse by clergy is not homosexuality and that affirming this is only a way of diverting attention from the real problem, which is clericalism. In support of this thesis, Supich oddly made reference to the results of research carried out at the height of the sexual abuse of minors crisis in the early 2000s. While he candidly ignored that the results of that investigation were totally denied by the subsequent independent reports by the John Jay College of Criminal Justice in 2004 and 2011, which concluded that in cases of sexual abuse, 81% of the victims were male. Hmm. In fact, Father Hans Zollner, S.J., Vice Rector of the Pontifical Gregorian University, President of the Center for Child Protection and member of the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors, recently told the newspaper La Stampa that in most cases, it is a question of homosexual abuse, end quote. Now, see, see, even when proof is staring people in their face, they will not acknowledge it why because of selfishness selfishness because of wanting to do what they want to do everybody knows that the homosexual lifestyle especially the abuse of children now the abuse of men that are trying to give their life away for the word of god we all know it's homosexuality we know that that lifestyle makes people miserable just like People having sex outside of marriage with different people, heterosexual sex. We all know that that ends to misery, but we all want to stand around and act like everything is cool and everybody's happy. But we people aren't happy. And it's our role as men to teach our boys that we have to help people that have issues with God. We have to be able to explain it, explain why it hurts, not just them and their soul, but the soul of everyone who is around them, the soul of everyone who sees them, the soul of the country, of the world, of society. And when 
people like Supich and McCarrick look at this like it's just another, you know, day in the neighborhood, then that's completely wrong. It's wrong. And we as men have to start standing up and letting people understand that when we break the word of God, who knows what we need, who knows how to how uh, to keep us happy and peaceful because he made us that only misery follows. Okay. Please, gentlemen, stand up, explain this in your environment and understand that the abuse of men and the abuse of boys is completely um, illogical, is completely immoral and goes against the very fabric of our society. Moving on. Realize these top 21 reasons are in no certain order as they all feed upon one another. So what's the number 18 reason men have caused the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church? Brrr, with the drum roll. Men have abandoned God for the theory of evolution. Meaning what? We are satisfied with being spawned from monkeys. Again, this is phase two in our How to Be a Man series, Strategies for Beginners. You can listen to episode two to get phase one. So look, gentlemen, here's the deal. You let me know if this makes logical sense to you. I mean, the deal is we haphazardly were made from a group of chemicals in the ground somewhere. This is like the story. You know, you know, we're made from chemicals in the ground somewhere and we kept so-called evolving until we became a monkey, then a gorilla, then a man. Now, that's paraphrased, but that's basically the, you know, the gist of it. To me, this is completely foolish and not just to me, to anyone who really understands science and doesn't have an agenda. OK, especially when compared to an all in all being that was so happy contented and lacking in nothing that he wanted to share himself with creatures so that they would be as peaceful, happy and needless of anything except God himself a being so merciful and unselfish as to want to give other beings a piece of his omniscient self. See, God didn't create us because he was lonely or he needed anything from us. He created us because he wanted us as human persons, as souls to join him. He wanted to share his love, share the beatific vision, share greatness and omniscience with you, with your soul. He wanted to give of himself to others. OK, now I don't know about you, but I like the second scenario much better, you know, that God, there was a creator. God created us because he loved us, not because we, because in 15,000 billion years ago, we were made in a pool of mud and we just all of a sudden some stuff came together and voila, we are here. Anybody, anybody that has studied science a little bit and wants to completely admit it, they know that the odds of that happening are so in the trillions. And I know I'm exaggerating, but it is. The odds of that happening are so, even if, even if that did happen and that was supposed to happen, some being caused that to happen. Something caused that to happen, okay? And the problem with people is we've completely broken, we're completely broken and selfish. We can't see because of our attachment to sin, pleasure, and ourself 
the illogical conclusion that we man come from monkeys. First, we must understand that the Bible, sacred scripture, is more than a compilation of nice and life learning lessons. These events are historical and completely true in fact. <laughs> Why? Because of all the witnesses that were present throughout the span of over 2000 years. Remember that the Catholic Church has over 5000 documents and parchments that prove the life of Jesus Christ and his church. Aristotle has what? Like 100. And what about and, and you have to understand we de history depends on witnesses. History depends on documentation. Like who would know the history and the person of Abraham Lincoln? Me? Somebody born what? A hundred over a hundred years later or whatever? Or would the person, would his wife know him better? Would a reporter that was reporting for a newspaper know him better? Would people who are around him know him better? See, that's what have happened in Jesus. So some people try to say that, that, that the Bible is not a historical document, and it is. It's a compilation of stories that are true and verified by witnesses. When you go to court, what's the main, main thing that people try, that the, the lawyers and the judges and the law system, they go on? They go on what? First thing they try to do, are there any witnesses? Why? Because then they can use those witnesses and compile the facts. So my question is, where is the proof of this so-called theory of evolution that we come from monkeys? Don't you get it? If the world can prove that the Garden of Eden was a nice fantasy and Jesus Christ was just a nice and good man that had some great life lessons in his teachings, then this means God is a false God, which means there is no such thing as truth, that Satan is not real, and that we are spawned from an animal, which makes no sense if we believe that God made man in his image. You can't be spawned from an animal or a fly or an amoeba or some crazy compilation of stuff if we are made in God's images, this con evolution completely and utterly disprove, I mean, uh, contradicts the Bible and the historical um, uh, revelation of the Bible inspire inspired text. Um, see, if the world can convince you um, of these false truths, then they can manipulate you into any man-made truth or belief in order to what? Encompass complete power over you, mold you into a robot, a mindless being that depends completely on what they tell you and manipulate you to do. Also, not depend on God, who is your creator, who loves you above all animals, material things, and even himself. Why? Because he created you. He loves you. You are his child. Most parents love their children more than they love themselves. Most mates love them love their spouse more than they love themselves which means what that you're willing to give your life and sacrifice for them and that's what god did when he came down as incarnate a, a human person someone who only wants the best of you holiness purity perfection in order that you can spend eternity being loved and loved loving him in complete happiness and contentment See, if those in the world can force you to abandon the truth of God in Christ, they can instill fear in you by what? 
threatening to take your money, your house, your possessions to kill you or put you in prison, hurt your family, kill your parents. And you will do it. Why? Because you think this life is it. This life is all there is that once you die, that it's the end. Poof, you're gone. This is terribly illogical in that if this is true, then does our life really have any meaning? Think about that. If what I just said is really true, then does your life have really have any meaning? Is there any reason to be good if there is no God? If there is no God, if there's no complete truth, no complete goodness, then there's no real reason to be good. Why? Because th this life doesn't mean anything. When you do die, you go poof. But if there is an eternal happiness, if there is a better place, if there is a complete peace, if all this pain and struggle um, is relieved when you die and you do go before God to heaven uh, or purgatory, then you then you, you know, then you have to be a good person. You have to have a standard. You have to have a reason, a more obligation to be the best man you can be. See how it works. Also, what is the reason to be good? Like I said, if there is no God, we vanish into oblivion when we die. Moreover, what is our suffering on this earth for? I mean, why do we have morality and goodness infused into our souls? I'll tell you why. Because evolution is a complete lie and an excuse to be completely selfish, to do, act, feel and abuse anything we want with no consequences. See, people today love that. And, and remember, like I always say, we people today are no different than the people during Jesus's time 2000 years ago. Or people are no different during the Jews time, during the life of the first um, of the Old Testament. People don't change. And God knows this. And so that's why. People back then, they want to do, act, and feel anything they want to. That's why God, uh, you know, destroyed the earth the first time. And then Noah built the ark and had Noah come. That's why he he uh, destroyed Sodom. Because the people became so unruly and so, out, uh, uh, and so outrageous that God decided that he had to put in a different thing going forward. Okay. We are selfish. And once you realize that you're selfish and that you'll do anything for yourself and that you completely focused on yourself, then you can move toward holiness. Then you can move to change, to be a better man. You're going to stay what your mission is. OK. Um, um, also, when when we if we believe if we believe evolution is real and the creation is a lie, our license to do whatever we want, whenever we want. A mirage that we are in control. But of course we aren't. Why? Why aren't we in control? Because it all comes to an end one day. If everybody was a God, if everybody was so in control, you know, all the people that have billions and billions of dollars, if they were so in control, they'd never die. And then what does everybody do? Well, you know, when I die, I gotta leave something behind. Leave something behind? Man, wonder, just wonder if the Christian faith is right. Just wonder if the reason that the Catholic Church tells you to do all these things that you don't want to do in Christ's word. Just wonder if all this stuff that when you die, that you get you. There's a possibility that you could go to hell, that when you die, 
there is a possibility that you could go to purgatory or better yet that there is actually a heaven where you see God face to face. Wonder if face to face. Wonder if that all is true. Just wonder. And you and all you do for your hundred years that you're here is completely focus on yourself. You don't try to grow, become holy. You don't try to become perfect. You don't try to do anything to 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 uh, move towards God, to bring your family, your wife, your girlfriend, uh, anybody, your children, your mom, your dad, anybody towards God. And then when you die, you think, oh, my God, look up and you get immediately judged through the through, you know, your immediate judgment and you're in hell. You get sent to hell for no reason. You don't have to. I mean, my thing is, if if what we'll say an atheist, that the atheists believe that there's nothing, that we just basically vanish into oblivion when we die, that we all know, I mean, deep, deep down in our hearts, we all know that this makes no sense. We all really know this deep down. And so what we have to do as men is we have to start asking more questions, learning, studying theology of the Catholic faith, the saints, Christ himself, the Bible, the, the, the Gospels. Get a study Bible, the Catholic study Bible, so you can understand what you're reading, the interpretation of what you're reading. OK. Also, like I said, why is because this all comes to an end one day and this is the problem with many clergy in the catholic church and men throughout the world the clergy have been falsely taught misguided and manipulated into distrusting and abandoning god for evolution and it's bogus theory men in the world are seeking only pleasure so they really don't care about anything of consequences you know like over the past three or four years you know, there are a lot of men that have um, that have blogs and, and sites that try to get men to, to to think about their mortality and their their life and get away from the pleasure and the ball games and the fishing and football and basketball and and, and sex and pornography, because no, these things don't lead you upward towards God, to holiness, they, to, to not being a better man. They lead you to evil. They lead you to being uh, disgusting, um, to being something that you are not supposed, you weren't created to be. You were not created to be the man that you are now. You were created to be by God something better than that. But you know what? The No one, everybody, they don't, no one, no man wants to hear this stuff right now. Why? Because everybody's just too damn comfortable. Um, also, because it's too difficult thinking of such things, right? It's a serious buzz killer to think about the end of your life. It's a serious buzz killer to think about why you are made. How can you be a better man? Not just a good person or a better person, a holy person. So that everybody around you wants to be holy and ask you, why are you the way you are? You, why are you leading people to a better life, to God, to holiness. If nobody is is asking you and talking to you and trying to emulate you in that way, then you're not doing your job as a man. You don't know your mission, your purpose. We have too much other things to do than to worry about where we come from, right? Or worse yet, where we are going as human persons. It's a buzz killer, complete buzz killer. But I tell you this, in a way, there are, you know, they are sort of correct, right? That in the end, 
it really doesn't matter because in the end, all is revealed. The particular judgment when you die, you're going to stand before Jesus and he's going to tell you, and he's going to show you why you're going to hell. He's going to show you why you're going to heaven. He's going to explain everything to you and you're going to be completely happy with it. You know why? Because it's what you chose as a man. Your actions choose where you go. God doesn't choose. All right. And throughout our lives, God has given us plenty of chances to seek and come to the truth. So as it holds true, he is a God of mercy and love above all else. He is also a God of justice. It's not fair for you to, to live your whole life in complete selfishness, not to have any kids or have one kid when you could have had nine or ten bring those souls to God. Not when you chose to to be an alcoholic or you chose not to go to church and worship him and show reverence and show humility and patience and meekness. Uh, not you don't you never got married. You never you never gave of yourself of anything but yourself. You never gave of yourself just to yourself. That's all you did your whole hundred years. You rebelled against God as a woman. Uh, she rebelled against her husband as a man. He rebelled against God, rebelled against his wife, left his children alone, didn't spend time with them, didn't lead them anywhere. Your children are not going to like it. Your wife is not going to like it, but you can't care. Why? Because God, the creator of all, who is not an evolutionist, he directs you and tries wants to make you better and make your family better, your girlfriend better, all your relationships better. But he can't do that if he's not a God of justice. It's not fair. You Up until the moment you die, you are given an opportunity to come to God. You are. But if you reject God, even on your deathbed, or what if you don't even get on your deathbed? What if you get killed in a car accident? <laughs> then you can't come to God because you're dead automatically. At least if you die slow with a disease that people don't really understand when you get a disease, God is that is God telling you that you need him to come to him, that your life is almost over or that it could be over. And for you to understand that you are a mortal being, but your body is mortal, but your soul is not. And if more people understood that their soul is completely immortal. Then you would understand how can I go into oblivion when I die? It's impossible. The soul has to go somewhere. It has to. Okay. That's why you can't do what you want in your life for a hundred years. Never become holy. Never become anything of consequence except you making all this money or you are successful in your work and your job, but you've never really given anything and showing humility you can't be hum holy without humility. OK, so your whole life was all about you. And you think that God's going to reward you with an afterlife. All I want to say is wonder if the atheists are wrong. Wonder if they're wrong. And all these crazy Christians just happen to be right. Do you want to take that chance? Look, God is a God of justice, mercy and love. Which means unless we as men pass the test of obedience, unless we submit ourselves ourselves as creatures asking for mercy before the Lord, our God has no choice but to banish us to the depths of hell. 
to forever reward us with what we have chosen our whole lives. An eternity of choice with Satan, void of love, understanding, void of truth, void of mercy, and of course, void of the almighty God himself. I must be concise and clear because today people think if you're not standing in their face and look at them in their in their eyes, in their mouth, that you're not talking to them. Well, I'm talking to you. So I must be concise and clear. We send ourselves to hell. God does not. So don't believe the hype. So what do you think? Send your questions or comments to Radical Questions at CatholicAlpha.com. Send your questions or comments or show ideas to Radical Questions at CatholicAlpha.com. Again, please remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today. All right, all right. Welcome to our last segment of the day, our Man on Fire. Man on Fire is our segment on married men who are fighting the spiritual battle in the Catholic Church every day to protect their marriage and family by sacrificing their lives, bodies, hearts, and souls for our ultimate warrior, Christ. And our Man on Fire this week is Walt Janice of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Walt's been married for 12 years to his beloved wife, Vita, who has two children, Christine and Joseph. Here is part two of my Man on Fire segment interview with Walt Janice. Bam! When did you real, when did you start to realize that you had to become the leader and spiritual guide of your family? Or did you at from the start? Whoa, I'm supposed to be the leader? Sorry. <laughs> uh, Adam, that's Adam. You can talk to God. He you know, talk to no, God I, about I, that one, dude. I mean I've always <laughs> I've always believed that the, the man should be, you know, the leader. I mean, um the man is the man is um supposed to be the head and you know, the woman is supposed to be submissive to the husband, but you know what? The man's supposed to be submissive to the wife as well. And, right. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's one of those things where when it comes down to um, being the spiritual leader of the house, I try not to be too heavy-handed about things. You know, I, 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 I'm not much of a when it comes Listen, down. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Why? Um, that's ultimately, ultimately why not, not a small, why ultimately, why do you do it that way? Well, I mean, in the end, God gave us all free will. And if, if I'm going to be heavy handed about things, 
I'm kind of removing the free will away from the other people in the family. Everyone has to be responsible in the end mm-hmm. for their own faith, mm-hmm. for their own belief in God. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to, you know, be very heavy handed about this stuff, I think that might turn them, turn, turn some people away. And well, the reason I, I do it, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a lot more heavy handed than you, but not with my wife, really with the children I am, uh, because I know how kids are. I had a lot of them and I've been, I've dealt with, I've coached, a lot of the, my whole life has been with boys and stuff. I just don't have, you don't control them what how it would be. But the re, the main reason I'm more, um, I'm more vocal and more because I, I understand that I'm following, I'm trying to get to Christ. So sometimes you can't, you got to be a little more heavy handed with people because people don't want to come with you. And that's what being the leader is. That's why the submission thing is there. I'm submissive to Christ. My wife's submissive to me. My children are submissive to my wife and me. And so sometimes, man, people, they don't want the, it, the evil, you know, the brokenness doesn't want them to go that way. So as the man, that's why, you know, we're the logic ones. We're, we understand. And that's why we say the men need to learn their faith because then you will be like, okay, when somebody is acting silly in the family, you go, okay, I got to bust your butt because you're not coming along. You know, and I, I'm re- because ultimately, when me and you get in front of the particular judgment, we can't turn around and look for our wife because it's not she's not there because we're the men, and God's going to hold us responsible. And if we didn't try our best to bring our kids along in the proper way, and our wife, we're going to pay for that one. But no, you're absolutely right, and 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 I think you know maybe heavy handed. I don't know if that's the right term or not, but I mean, I, I think I think anybody. And some of the some of the the, the greatest thinkers uh, that have ever existed have been Catholic. Oh, heck and, yeah! And 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 you can find God through reason. In fact, exactly. I mean, some of the best proofs of God are, are reason based. And that's how you were talking when we first started about the the um, about the Kalam argument, the first movement. Right. That's kind of where you're where you were going. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. So, um, you know. I don't think using, I think using reason is not being heavy handed. I think if I get my kids to the point where they're reasonable people who understand natural law. Right. Um, I, I believe that in the end, they won't help, they can't help but f- find God and be, and, 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 and want to be Catholic. I mean, I think anybody who's a Christian who, I mean, I don't know how many times I've met people at Holy Rosary who, who were Protestants or were some other denomination. And in their search for God, Jesus, they came to the Catholic faith because yeah. they found out that that was where you can find find it best. And that's why, look, that's why it's called Catholic Alpha, right? Because everyone leads different, okay? But you can be a wuss. I mean, outside your family, a person, you can be laid back. A man can be, you know, not really speak out about stuff, but inside your family, you got to be a warrior. And what I mean by a warrior is, you know, you have to take the, we have to take the leadership. We have to be the ones responsible. It's our duty. And so that's what I mean by warrior. Um, And so, but I, but, but what I will say is everybody leads, people lead different, but as long as the goal is to get them to move toward holiness 
that's really the bottom line to the whole thing because everybody's different because in 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 your kids you're um you're a, a laid-back dude in a in a kind of a way so breeding in your kids is like that too so yeah you might have kids where i could be chill with them and, be, and they're gonna do it because that's how jericho and solomon are because their mother is like comatose laid back okay <laughs> so in them they're laid back and so if you tell them something you know, most of the time they're going to do it. You don't have to really get in them like that. But I got two. I can't be laid back with them. If I got to, you know, I got to tell them and they, they don't want to do it. And you looked up the stuff ain't done. See, now you're getting, you making me mad. See, right. <laughs> I got to get in that butt. Right. Yeah. But see, kids are different too. So, yeah. all right. Talking to your son, it's kind of funny because, uh, which one? Uh, Marcus. Oh, Marcus. Yeah. There's, there, there's two two dads there is the pre-catholic dad and the post-catholic dad oh man they call me the new test they they say that the, the official terms in the house are the old testament dad and the new testament dad. Okay. <laughs> I, may, I may have gotten that quite wrong you know not quite right but yeah that sounds that sounds better i like that better oh testament uh jerry so <laughs> <laughs> okay man so we're going to move on we we went we're at we're at 46 minutes, dude. So we got to, right. but see, me and you, I knew it was going to be like this. I knew it was. Um, hey, as long as there are people willing to listen to this, it's fine. Hey, <laughs> in your opinion, what is wrong with the state of masculinity and why is it being attacked? Wow. That's, that's a, that's an excellent question. It, it's, it's, it's being attacked because there's a, there's a counterculture out there that is attacking men in general uh, mm-hmm. did you uh, see that gillette commercial <laughs> i've i've not seen it but i've heard about it i've, I've seen saw it. bits man, of it it's 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 mess it is, man you need to watch, watch it when we get done watch it man you'll be like oh man I, you know i, I look i I've, like i said I've, I've seen bits of it and i've heard mm-hmm. what's in it and mm-hmm. you know I, I i can't help but think that you know who are they catering to here i mean women don't shave are they trying to make I mean, I get, it. <laughs> but it goes by what you were just going to say that man in the, there's a, in that company, there's probably a, there are probably rows and rows of effeminate and masculated dudes there. Right. All the women are trying to be men and be strong and all this kind of stuff. All the men are emasculated. So what kind of commercial are they going to come out with? It's hard. If you're not a real man and you don't act like a man, you'll know what a man is and you're not trying to put in being a real man's shoes. You can't make a commercial like that, really, right? And and, and our, you know when you talk about the crisis of masculinity and, and that we have, it, it's it's tied to the 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 problem that we have with feminism too. Yeah, we we have this problem where women are said you know they don't need men and and that they can do everything that men can do, and you know what they can't. Men and women are not the same. We are not the same. No, we really, different for real. For you real? sure, yes. <laughs> You know, if I gave you if I gave you a pound of of uh, gold and a pound of wheat, what would you rather have? Mm-hmm. They're both a pound, right? You know, they both have the same amount of mass, but you know, in the end, the pound of gold is a lot better than having the pound of wheat. A lot better. So, you know, women 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 are not the same as men, and 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 we're lying to people today because we're saying that men can be women and women can be men, and. Uh, you know, I I just can't help but wonder. You know, why why are we saying that? I mean, you go back to the gosh, 
when was the last time they had a man depicted a father depicted positively on TV? I mean, uh, oh, it hasn't been. I mean, the last time I can think of it is Bill Cosby went in during the Cosby Show, and he was great. He was a great dad. Yeah, I mean that they. They was whooping. They were butt too, right? I mean, he, <laughs> he, I mean, he, 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 he was portrayed as a good dad. Yeah. And then after that, what, what fathers have we seen since then? We've seen, you know, weak. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you, you have, you know, at uh, was it? Uh, we had married with children with Ed 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 Bundy, I think it was, and yeah, and, uh, and then we have you know Homer Simpson, and you know, it just I mean, you just pick the show, and and, we, and the man has always been the jo- the butt of the joke. So, yeah. what can women do to encourage men to step up and take responsibility for their households, family, and the church? Well, what we need to do is we need to recognize that men and women are different, and we have different roles. And, uh, you know, the the men, it's not, there's nothing wrong with men having a different role than women, and there's nothing wrong with women having a different role from that of what men have. And we just have to recognize that that's the case, that, 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 that we're different. So you think women they've been they've been manipulated just like men have they've been like you know about well I got to be strong and people don't understand the word strength is thrown around a lot a woman can't be physically strong okay right but mentally and spiritually she can be and that's what they should be saying not strong like I can go up and get in a man's face because man I've seen videos on YouTube. That they make these videos where the women are yelling at men, calling men all kind of names, and hitting them in the face, and the men get mad and lose it and knock them out. That's real life, dude. <laughs> it, 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 it is. It is crazy. It's crazy. Look, you know, men and women bring different things to a family. You know, the the mother's normally more nurturing. The father's the, the taskmaster. He's the one who's laying down the law, making sure everyone stays in line. You know, the, the kids are staying in line, following the rules. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the the father tends to also try to encourage the boys to take more risks, whereas the mother is always saying, now, be careful when you, oh, don't climb that tree. You might fall. You know, the father's right. over there cheering them on. You know, it's it's the, the, the father is pushing and trying to encourage some risk taking, whereas the mother's always trying to encourage uh, nurturing and and being careful. Right. And, you know, that's not to say that all mothers don't push their kids. I mean, there are some women who, who, you know, might like to, you know, be more, you know, hands-on in, in terms of, of trying to encourage kids to do certain things. But traditionally, that's what it, what it normally is. It, each, each person brings a different, you know, character, different element to, to the family. And when you've got, when you've got kids like, um, you know, being raised by two women, what you're saying there is that the father wasn't really bringing anything useful. Right. And it's kind of like if you were to say, okay, well, let's have a kid raised by two fathers and not know what what you're saying there is the mother had nothing to bring that was worthwhile. Exactly. But the truth is we're complementary to each other, women and men. And each a complement perfection. Each a man is perfection and femininity is for perfection. And when you bring them together, that's how you get one flesh. But people, but, 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 but Walt, do you know how long I had to study? Because I'm my marriage, you know, marriage is my thing. That's what I talk about all the time, relationships. Right. But man, nobody told me that I had to go out and 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 find the answers. I wasn't taught that in a school. I wasn't taught that in church. You know, I would even the the masses that I went to over the last eight, nine, ten years, I wasn't taught that from the pulpit. So how are we supposed to even how are people supposed to know that stuff? That's an excellent question, because we're not allowed to talk about these things anymore. We can't encourage people. To be in 
uh, dedicated and, 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 you know, uh, stable relationships because, you know, it's supposed to be okay to, you know, sleep around. It's supposed to be okay to, um, you know, not get into other people's bedrooms and worry about what they're doing. It's, it's between them and, and, and their partners, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, in, in the end, you know, we, we've got, we've got a society that's broken and, and then we're broken because we're no longer reaffirming the, the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of the, of the family. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the big question: How has the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church affected you? Uh, let's see. It's you know, it's just a reminder that you know, in the end, you know, we're all flawed, and um, even even. Priests and bishops and cardinals and and popes can can have uh, you know their 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 shortcomings and yeah what we uh, you know as flawed as individuals may be it doesn't mean our church itself is the amen problem. brother amen so what we need to do is we need to make sure that we demand that people who are in positions of power that shouldn't have them are removed and um. Person, I'm I'm not really up on what can be done, but um, in the end, I think only the Pope can remove bishops, so and cardinals and cardinals, yeah, and priests. Now the bishops can remove the priests, I think. But right, yeah. I think that's right. Wow. So, so how? But the, the, a follow up question to that. So then, in your opinion, what do you think? How can the how can the leaders in the church, the cardinals and the popes and stuff, and the bishops and stuff? And the deacons and the priests, because they all—they're all leaders in the church, whether they want to admit it or not. How can they once again gain the trust of the body of Christ, the people, and society at large as the moral compass of the world? Because it used to be the Catholic Church, man. That's why all this stuff—you know—when when somebody tried to propose a crazy law, the Catholic Church used to always stand up and not tell right. them no. The matter of fact, politicians would go to would go to the Catholic Church and ask them was this stuff okay? Now, with same-sex attraction, uh Roe versus Wade, contraception, those laws and no-fault divorce laws, the bishops don't stand up for nothing. They just sit there and quiet. You hear you hear crickets and birds chirping. Right? I mean, for for decades I've known that and I I may I've known it at some level within me that the church was having problems because we had too many politicians like Ted Kennedy and Nancy Pelosi and Dick Durbin who would support abortion and weren't being called out by their, by their bishops, right. by their cardinals. Or at least pulling them. They might've pulled them in, but we don't really know that of course, but you put them out there and they don't change. So obviously the bishops didn't pull them in or they ain't listening. They, 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 they should have been excommunicated. I mean, exactly. Publicly. Because public excommunic- ex- yes. they're, they're public, they're public people and they're supporting. They, they, they run every, every term. On their, you know, Catholicism, that they're Catholic, and they say that they're good Catholics, and they, they, and and I'm sorry, but if you're a bishop, you can't, or a cardinal, you can't let someone be there, you know, in in your in your flock, say that they're good practicing Catholics, and then say abortion's fine and it should be a woman's choice. My thing is, I don't like how these representatives and senators can keep getting elected year in and year out, and the president only gets four. Or eight. Eight. I mean, that's not to me. That's like a double standard for real. I don't. I don't understand that. 
Yeah, um, I'm I'm in favor. Look of at Nancy Pelosi. Do you know how many great things would have changed if she could only do eight, even twelve years? Even if you just give them twelve years, then they're done. Look, you need to go run. You can be in the Senate to twelve years, and then you're done. But you can go run in the in the uh, what's the other one? The, the, house. the house. You can run in the house, or you could be a governor, or you can run for president. But you can't be uh, locking down this crap. You can't be locking down the Senate for twelve for 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 fifty years 30, and stuff. 40, fifty years, yeah. It's ridiculous. Nancy Pelosi, I think, was first elected in the eighties. It's ridiculous. I know. And, oh, and not just her. The what's the other woman from uh, California? The black girl out of Compton. Uh, uh, you know, the black lady out of California. The black lady out of the, the, uh, the three. Uh, the three oh, um, pushed the three waters. Yes. Maxine Waters that pushed, she's the one that got the three law. My wife told me that she's the one that got the three law, three strikes and you're out rule oh. started and stuff. Okay. That was a disaster. <laughs> That's a disaster. Yeah, three strikes and you're out. Was it, uh, you get three, oh, three you, and, felonies and then you don't, you don't get back out of prison. You get three felonies and you're not, you don't get back out of prison. You get in there for life. What's the problem with that law? The problem with the law is that they think punishing people like that is gonna make them change i mean it really doesn't dude you you gotta for, start forming people with god dude you can't keep this stuff ain't working like dude kids walking into schools and shooting up the school people think people think that's bad luck and that is it's somebody's fault you know that's the devil dude that's 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 diabolical is what's happening mm-hmm. you have no god the kids aren't formed they really don't know what good and bad really is or why something's good or why something's bad and they go shoot up to school and then we try to lock all the schools down or put people in prison for their whole life is that really that's not really helping anybody's soul dude it's really not right well i mean, i think i think in the case of like the three strikes law that I, my understanding of it is that, you know, they get a felony, they get convicted, they go to jail for some number of years, they, they get a second one, they go back to jail for some number of years, and then they get the third one, and then there's a mandatory minimum of like 10 or 15 or 20 years, something like that. So it's not always, a, you know, for life. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, in some cases, I guess some of those felonies can be kind of, you know, Ticky tack, you know, kind of like a ticky tack filing basketball or something. You know, it's not. It was like, come on. But you on, know how really? once you once you get four, once you in prison once, the cops come at you all the time. They mess with you and stuff. They come, you know, you for you you a usual suspect. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you once you've been in prison once, you're a usual suspect. When something goes down, they come to you. Well, because you're you're easy for one. Well, the, the rates for repeating is is pretty high. Yes, and and yeah, and, that, and that's, I mean. It's not necessarily the fault of the cop, right? It's the fault of the person who's repeating. No, I'm just saying that the cop, you know, if they, you know, the that stuff leads to leads to them because what well, they did it before. This is a crime that he would do, you know, that kind of thing. But there has to be some evidence for him to get thrown in jail. Well, but that's why he goes and talks. To, right, he has a conversation with him and all that. I understand that, but I'm just saying, man. All the stuff that we just said is 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 backwards because we need formation in 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 Christ, man. Really, that will solve things. It really will because people will understand what the consequences of of their eternal soul, not just this little hundred years that we have here. Right. You know, it drives me crazy when people ain't formed like me. I wasn't formed in God or nothing. And now look at you, but that's because I listened to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You know, going going back to that thing about jail, in jail, there there used to be ministries in jail and prisons where people will learn about God 
and that straightens some people out. Uh, there, I guess now there's some ministries and prisons where they're learning about Islam, and that's you know that's straightening some people out too, but not in the way that we'd like them to be. No, no. no. Um, before you and Vita were married. Did you discuss the structure of the family, like the kids, the contraception, if she would allow you leadership in the home, if she would work or stay home, when you had kids, if she would stay home and raise them, homeschooling, private or public schools, who would handle the bills? Did y'all have like a structured, because I know you and I'm thinking he probably did, but did y'all sit down and have a a discussion about how things are going to be set up or did y'all just get married? Well, I mean, you've asked, you asked a lot there. Well, and no, no, no. I mean, those, that's, those I'm just, in general. you don't have to, yeah, okay. in general. In general, did right. you have we, a discussion? We, right? we, we discussed some of those things. Um, we knew we were going to have kids. We, or at least we would try to have kids. We'd be open to kids. And my position back then was, you know, I wanted to have as many kids as God would give us. Yeah. Hers was, I think I'd like to have two. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she ended up getting what she wanted. But in the end, I mean, if we could have had more, she would have had more. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the question of staying home with the kids and Vita, when we first started talking about it, it was, you know, I'd like to go back to work. I said, you know, Vita, there's no greater job that you can have than to raise your kids. You and know, that's probably the one of the first, the, 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 the only few times in her life that she's heard anybody say that <laughs> most women would don't hear other, other women or, or anybody say that. So they don't want, you know, I mean, my- as I said earlier, I mean, uh, you know, no one's going to remember, uh, you know, what a great bricklayer you were. But if you <laughs> were right. a great father or a great mother, that's yeah. something that's going to be remembered. And 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 I tried to, you know, that was one of the things I I, I told you know Vita, and she was working when we got first married, right? And uh, she, but you didn't have any kids yet either. Right, we didn't have any kids yet either. And then once we once we got our first one, she, uh, let's see what happened exactly. Man, Vita, she doesn't seem like the kind of woman that's going to take her kids to daycare, dude. She just no. doesn't seem like that kind of woman. And and you know, and that that takes me to another thing. I, I would never want to outsource my parenting role, <laughs> right? My my job. <laughs> Only is a dad. Walt Janice could phrase that question, that and phrase well, that statement I mean, like that. But that's what you're doing. If you're going to send your kid to, to daycare for four hours a day or whatever, uh-huh. you're base basically not four hours, or, eight, eight hours, twelve. Right. Well, I mean, you have so say they're in school, and so yeah. they get done at school at two and from two to six or whatever it is when you can mm-hmm. finally go pick them up after work it's mm-hmm. four hours so four hours on when they're actually school age and right longer. but when they're one when they're babies up to six they're there six to twelve eight twelve eight hours a day but i mean think about how backwards that is here you have this yeah. needy yeah you know little life you know and 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 you're the mother you're the father and you're outsourcing their jo- your job of being a parent to somebody else who's not going to love that baby like you can Oh, and, heck no. I mean, would you outsource? You you know, you've got a wife who's yeah. not nearly as needy as that child. Would you outsource your husbandly duties to some other man? Heck no. Ain't nobody getting my wife, dude. Well, that's my point. <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got family responsibilities. And, right. And as a parent, as a mother and a father, you know, you shouldn't be outsourcing those jobs. Just like you shouldn't be outsourcing anything else to, to others. But that's why, they're, that's why people are doing things backwards. You have sex before you really, truly love somebody. And then you have the baby before you're married. So when the baby comes, most men, and that's nothing men and women don't understand. Women, mainly women, that men, if you have a, if a man, if you have a man's baby, you're not married to him. Most men, and I've seen it thousands and thousands of times. 
most men don't really look at that kid as their family. They really don't. If a man's not married to you, he doesn't really look at that kid as his family. He really doesn't. What kind of man is that? He look. Let me let me finish. A man looks at his family as his wife and and who he's with at the time he's married to and those kids. That's just the way they think, man. And it's it's proven. It's proven. Just look at the side. Look at society. You know, because dudes, that's why it's hard to get dudes to come and try to take care of kids or have a relationship with them. Because to them, they probably didn't want the kid no way. They had sex. She probably was, wasn't on contraception on anymore or tried to trap him or whatever women do to have babies with dudes. These days, it's really, well, contraception really doesn't work anyway because it's all a lot of mistakes and the stuff don't work right. So you have sex and then you have, that's all backwards. Like what you, like the way you did. You said, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to go to high school. I'm going to go to college. Then I'm going to get me a job. And then I'm going to get me a wife so I can take care of her. I'm going to have some kids. That is the holy way. People don't want to admit it, but that's the holy way. And then if your wife wants a career, what you do is you have all your kids. You have your five or 10 kids, whatever, how many kids God wants to give you. If you started 18 or 20 years old, your kids would be darn grown, grown at 35, 40 years old, basically. Then, woman, you can go out and have, be a doctor or a lawyer or have a career or start a business and be a a, a, direct, a, a decor or rec director or a chef or something. But they every we do things backwards, and then everybody's miserable. Right. And, and you know, here's another thing, too. You have all these people who've been putting off marriage. You know, all these women who've been putting off marriage until they're 30, 40, whatever it may be. Yep. Putting off kids until then. Yep. And then they realize that they're too old to have them. Yeah. And, you know, and they end up growing old and... Kind of miserable. You know, let me ask you a question. Though. You, yeah. You mentioned. Ask me any question you want, Bubba. Okay. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned these guys who have children with, you know, random women mm-hmm. on the street or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. various people. So yeah, you've heard, we've both heard stories about a, a, one dude having, you know, five kids from three different women. Right. Does that guy think of those, none of those kids is his? He look. He knows they're his, but in his mind, and it's not a conscious thing. It's really not in his mind. He feels no connection to him. Exactly, because okay. I didn't want him. The way the culture is, man, is that is is her fault. She should have been on birth control. She should have been doing that. You know, it's not like is the the thing is she shouldn't have been having sex. We should have been having sex. No, that never enters anybody's mind. Right. You know, sex does work, right? So we should have been having sex. That's the point of it, isn't it? Right. We should have been having, nobody thinks, well, I got the man, no man thinks I got to control my, most men think, not no man, but most men think that I don't have to control myself. I can do all the pleasure I want with a woman. So then when the woman has a baby, he blames her because that's what men do naturally anyway. It's never our fault. It's their fault. So the woman has a baby and he's like, I didn't want that. I didn't, we ain't, I didn't want to marry you anyway. That's another thing. When you think about God's way logically, it makes no logical sense to have sex with somebody that you don't want to marry because of the, the because not just because of the baby thing, because you don't really love them. You're just using the woman as a utensil, as a fork, a knife. And so when a dude has a baby with a woman that he's not married to, it's just natural for him to want to, because it's unpleasurable. So what do men do these days? 
we're effeminate, right? We're emasculated, right? So what do we do? We run the other way to get away from that pressure. I'm just telling you, man. No. That's just the way it is, dude. I'm not saying it's it's evil and it's diabolical. It's the devil. It's Satan. But it's the truth, you know? Um, In your marriage, what comes really easy for you and your wife? Oh, gosh. What comes really easy? Um, not the really, kids. Not this. This is you and the, your just wife. Me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes really easy? You know. Um, you know. In general, a lot of things that we do is they're just really easy. I mean, mm-hmm. um, if either one of us has a strong feeling about something, like you know, say uh, this weekend we're going to go to mass, and she was thinking, of course we're going to go to mass because Sunday we always go to mass on Sunday, and uh, she wants to go visit her dad. In Bloomington, which is an hour away, and have go to mass with him. If she feels strongly about it, we do it. So kind of how I am. So I mean, if mm-hmm. if I feel strongly about not going, and and I, you know, and, and say you know, I think it's a bad idea. You know, typically we we were able to work these things out based on who cares right. more about it. That's how we do it. That's exactly how we do it. If my if if you know if like if say if well let's just use something real simple like. um going to a movie you know if my wife really don't want to go and i i want to go see a movie then we'll go and we'll see what i want to see you know if you know she wants to go like to a club if she would rather go to a club and see a jazz artist instead of go to the movie if she feels really strong about that we'll just do what she wants to do it, it, I'm, I'm chilled out about it right and, and that's just simple stuff but even the even in the most even in the argumentative type communication type things that happen with kids and everything that's how I I gauge the temperature. I I do the same thing, yeah, dude. I mean, and in the end, and in the end, I mean, my wife. I mean, we've been married now for over twelve years. I mean, she's gotten to the point now when we have a discussion that you know normally I'm right and she just gives in anyway. So, <laughs> so following that up, what what has been or is the most challenging part of your marriage to you? Oh, the most challenging parts. The most challenging parts. Or you just know, one I, part. One. You one know, so many times, I mean, over the last, I mean, growing, I'm being being in my fifties now, and you too. You know, over the years, we always hear what are the main reasons why people get divorced, and one of them is always money. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what people fight over money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something because we got married so late has not been an issue. That's good. So that's great. Um, you know, so in so that what regard, is something challenging? So the challenging things. Um, well, the last thing I didn't really think of that was challenging was when we were trying to find a place to live and when we were moving here to Indiana, uh, we were looking at different houses and, and it seemed like there was always a house that she liked more than, and, and, there, and of course I, the one I liked more was a different house. And, and, and we, we ended up settling on this one because it wasn't my favorite house and it wasn't exactly her favorite house. Although I think she liked this one more than I did. Uh, we, we ended up going to this one because in the end it did fulfill the needs that I I had for what our new house would need to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, man, that ain't challenging. I know. I mean, I, I'm trying to come up with something that's challenging. Well, if it's not, if it's nothing there, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I mean, like I said, that's the best thing I can come up with. So, the, well, I, man, okay. Well, hey, so the last question is, would you advise a young man to get married? Why or why not? 
Oh, I would, I would always advise a young man to get married. Um, a calling to become a priest or, you know, which is or, really marriage. That's, that's, that's marriage too. That's true. Mm-hmm. Or, or if he was in fact, you know, called to do something else, um, mm-hmm. and to, to not be married. I mean, it's, some people are called not, if you don't find the right person, I mean, you shouldn't just get married just to get married. You have to make sure you have the right person in mind when you get married. Because we, but always, but see, that goes back to what Father Guardiola was saying. The right person comes. You just, and let, you know, unless you just dismiss them. You know, that's what usually happens. And then, of course, God will send you somebody else till you get it right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember Father saying that, um, that part. I must have missed that speech. Did, it was on our, it was, uh, it was uh, on the, um, oh, is that that? Oh, on our episode, I, I interviewed him okay. for an episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's my bad. I should have listened to it. So you, you, you wouldn't have a dude get married? No, I would. I would. You I would encourage every every boy, every every teenager to get married. I mean, I encourage. Mm-hmm. I would encourage my children to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I wouldn't encourage them to just get married. Just get married, though. I would encourage them to make sure they marry the person that they know that they. I mean, I was mentioning earlier, like you did, right? That, that you find someone who's the same religion as you, because. You know, you need to have, when you marry someone, you have to make sure you have the same values, that you have the same priorities in life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I knew that when I was marrying Vita, that she would, she would value family and she would prioritize the raising of her kids. And as much as she may have liked her job at the time, I knew that in the end, she would probably end up giving up her job to raise the kids. And now we're, you know, we're doing homeschooling. Which yeah. is good, which is the bomb. And everybody should do, do at least until your kid gets to high school. And the reason why we do that is because, you know, it's hard to trust what's going on in the Yes, country you today. can form them. Yeah. You can trust that once they do, like the boys are going to, Jerk and Solomon are going to Chittard, and, you know, you know, they're going to be influenced a little bit. But for the most part, them two together, dude, at the same school, ain't nobody going to really make them do something that they know they ain't supposed to do. Right. And that's and because that comes from them, their their that comes from their formation through the church and through me and their mom, you know. So if you got your kids for the first what thirteen years, it's gonna be hard for somebody because like we didn't really shelter Jericho and Solomon either. We played, we you know they were on football teams um, in different parts of the city. Um, they had like Jericho was in the uh, the children's choir, the Indianapolis children's choir. They played football. Um, uh, inner city football. Um, so uh, they, you know, we, we're Catholic, so we go to mass in different places. So, you know, there are well-rounded children. So they're not, they weren't sheltered by any means. But people think homeschool people, homeschool kids are sheltered. Now, some people decide to shelter their kids. You know, like they don't want to take them anywhere. That's a little overboard. And I've heard a lot of priests, a lot of traditional priests say that too. You know, you got to be careful with that because, you don't want to let your kid get out there and then they, you know, they lose it on the first problem they have. Or <laughs> right. Well, but you know, what we're seeing today is we, we're, we're raising these snowflakes that lose it just because someone's anyway, wearing a MAGA hat. Yes. Or someone you know? disagrees with their opinion of, well, I don't agree with that. You should be able to kill, kill a baby I and they do space. and they think you do and they get like, we won't fight. Yeah. Where's my safe space? You know, I, and I, you know, people like to look at, you know, homeschoolers and say, oh, they're not going to be socialized properly. That's, you know, you look at, you look at some of these people who are going to schools, they're not being socialized properly. Of course they're not. And, and you know what? I'd much rather have a kid who's heavily sheltered in a homeschool environment than a snowflake that doesn't know how to cope with somebody (laughs) wearing a a red MAGA hat. Right, right. 
Well, Walt, that's thanks for coming by, man. They well, no, no, we're at your we're at your place. So thanks for allowing me to come by and take up a couple hours of your time. And I was a little late, but I we 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 we, we, we rebounded. So um, I really appreciate you letting me come by, man. No problem. You're, doing you're welcome this. anytime, man. And I hope the uh, I hope the fellas uh, learn something a little bit about how to create a great marriage. And Walt does have a great marriage. He has a great family, and um, it's not about the money. He's leading. He's leading his family to holiness. He's he's taking on his duty as responsibility as a man. He's manning up, and women are attracted to that. They really are. So Walt, again, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. Bye. Again, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today. Well, in conclusion... I hope you enjoy part two of my interview with my friend Walt Janice. It was funny and it was the bomb. In conclusion, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict the 16th quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian Soldier, for listening in today. Remember, Catholic Alpha Radical is designed to repair, ignite, and once again spark the fire back into your marriage or relationship. So, what's your next action step? One, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Two, Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Three, subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email now.